fuck <laughs> you? You like Backstreet Boys and Insync too? Britney Spears is kinda cute. <laughs> I watch TRL on MTV. Everybody goes down on one, two, three. Because he's mixed up with three count. You know, he's blowing on a nightly basis. There's enough going to slut down. Hey, man, I was a cholo for life. Man, where I come from, you don't want to be calling. You don't want to be calling hoes a battle axe. You have this, what could be just a stupid, silly, boner appreciation match. Oh, you get, it's not a three count. Oh, no, it's not a five count. Oh, no, it's not a submission. I just called it a boner match. Swing your big dick at us for the titles. I think he's looking to force a franchise. But the bullshit has just begun. So the Douglas talking about sex tapes. Need medication to play with Corey Wilson who's kicked out of the league. Yeah, when he needs that extra, that rebound, right? He needs to get that, get that, that steel pole, right? That's, that's what he's got to take. He's just looking for a regular franchise and he'll, he'll take care of that. Sometimes you need that, you need that rebar, right? Not that pole. You can't really franchise, you know, three times a day. You can franchise once a day, oh, yeah. sure. You can franchise sometimes twice a day. You, you get enough room in between, you know. You can do a morning franchise, maybe a late afternoon franchise. You could probably even do a, you know, like an afternoon franchise and an evening franchise. In association with the Shining Wizards Network, Gorilla Brain Wrestling Podcast presents. Here I'm Duke and Rogue. I'm your host, Duke Bags. Kevin Rogue. That's pretty impressive. It's a very dramatic introduction. Hey, I'm not just another pretty face. All right, well, today we're covering WCW New Blood Rising. This son of a bitch took place on August 13th, 2000, live from the Pacific Coliseum in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Canada? Nice to be back in Canada. It's our second show up there. Good wrestling fans up there. There's only 6,000 people there out of a potential 18,000, so we're on a third (laughs) full. But those, there's some real wrestling fans in there. Yeah, there is. They showed up. So, yeah, we got a uh, got a hell of a hell of a card here. Our time is now is the tagline. Crap. I'm guessing they were talking about the new blood, which is already disbanded. Pretty much, yeah. At this time, we're starting off here with a contract slash gold record contract. double ladder match. Can I? Before, before we get into the first match, could I just, I, may, I don't know if you picked up on it or not, but I thought it was hilarious after the Open, which the Open is, you know, it's crap. But then you get into, you hear a guy, like they're panning the audience, and you hear a guy go, bah, bah, bah! <laughs> did, you look at, did you hear that asshole? <laughs> Super high-pitched voice. Bah, bah, bah! Yeah, there's, a, there's quite a few reckless fans in the crowd. Right, just drinking too many Molsons. <laughs> <laughs> what do you What do you think of the Let's Wiggle guy in the front row? I like him. He's there the whole. He's got a sign there, the whole show. Get into wiggling, man. 
That would have been better for the the bah, 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 guy. Just if he was like, let's wiggle. <laughs> was that just a one-time appearance by that guy, or was that? A... Yeah, I think it was just a one-time. It was one of those one-shot deals. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so you want to get into this thing? Yeah, let's get right into it because I got I got thoughts. Man. All right, so three count comes out along with Tank Abbott. Tank is having the time of his life out there. He's dancing. He's got a shirt with the nips cut out. I was going to say, he's got his Brian Pillman nursing shirt on. Is it just me? Or he could very well be under the influence of something here. He's a little off. What do you mean, Mike? You think somebody slipped him a mickey? It's possible. <laughs> it's possible. He's got that strange infatuation with, with three count in their music. And he says, what he says, you want the best? <laughs> he says, we got the best band in rock and roll. One, <laughs> two, three count. Nipple shirt. So, man, I actually <laughs> dig their tune. What? Down for the three count? It's a good tune. You like Backstreet Boys and Insync too. Britney Spears is kind of cute. <laughs> I watch TRL on MTV. Everybody goes down on one, two, three. No, it's you're down, very... you're down with the three count. I'm shocked that you, you like that song. The whole thing, man. I'm actually, I'm actually as shocked as I am that uh, you lo- you love that song. I'm even more shocked that I remember the line for it. <laughs> what do you think of Tank? So they they actually get to perform here, right? What do you, what do you think of Tank yeah. Abbott taking on lead vocals? <laughs> Bad idea, but, and this was a this. So it's funny too because this was a guy that what three months ago was gonna fucking kill a guy, and now he's dancing like very poorly with three count as their number one fit. You think he's a groupie? With the, think he's, it appears that way, man. You think that he's uh, you know, going down for the three count? I guess. you think he is. I think he is. I think uh, I think he's riding the trike. <laughs> <laughs> so what we got here is a double ladder match. So dangling above the the ring, we got a gold record, and we have a recording contract. Yeah. So you got to get them both. So you wouldn't they didn't make that. They didn't make that super clear going in. No, that's another recurring theme in this show. Right. I don't know, man. It's weird, but I like it. I like what uh, Tank and the Three Count have there. It's something special, I think. <laughs> oh, next, we got the Young Dragons. That's Kaz Hayashi. Uh, along with... Uh, who's who's the other guy? There's Jamie Nobleson. Uh, yeah, Jamie Nobleson and Jimmy Wang Yang. Not a bad group. No, it's not. I... There's a lot to hate about this show, but you you got to give it to these guys. This was Spot City. This match it was kind of too much. Yeah. Yes, lots of good stuff though. Let's let's dive right into it. Uh, first note was how do we declare Victor? Right, this wasn't we don't know uh, this this wasn't uh, talked about at all. It starts out as a conventional tag match with two two guys from each team on the apron, which I thought was weird. Yeah. 
Especially when it's a ladder match. And it's a ladder match with two objects you must obtain, which, and then it's a, starts as a conventional tag. Like, none of it. This is this has been a very very strong reoccurring theme to the this year of WCW that we're covering. Nobody knows what the fuck is happening ever, and this is a ladder match, tag ladder match, and it opens as a tag match that eventually either evolves or devolves depending on how you want to look at it into a regular tag team ladder match. But then there's two objects. It's it's a little much, man. It's a little much. Well, it doesn't take long for the uh, for the teams to disregard this conventional tag format and race up the the entryway after the ladders. Meanwhile, Tag Abbott gets on the apron trying to get the audience into it. I was so upset with Tank Abbott during this match. He's on the apron wearing his fucking nipple shirt. <laughs> and he's he, I don't know if he's trying to get them to sing the uh the three count song or what's going on, but he's he's like dancing weird and trying to get them go and like no music's playing. He's just going with He doesn't it. seem right, man. He does not seem right. <laughs> and there's there's a few more tank spots. You think it's a strong strong Mickey opportunity there is what's happening? It's it's possible. Uh, so, like I said, this is, uh, this is spot city here, but it's a lot of the action is right on par with what was going on in the Federation with the, uh, you know, the Dudley's and the Edge and Christian. You saw a lot of similar kinds of spots, you know, the synchronized flying man off the ladder. Always good. Yeah. Yeah. Even that, uh, that, that scary looking spot that took out, uh, what's his name? Shit, I can't think of his name. Who's the guy who tagged with uh, John Morgan? Mer- you're, you're thinking of Mercury. Yeah, that ladder spot yep. where... Uh, yep, that's the first thing I thought of when I saw that, too. I was like, oh, they did the head spot. All right, yeah, here we go. I mean, it was... Took it like, it was, like a champ. It was years later that they did that spot that fucked up Mercury. But right. Yeah, like that's the first thing that I thought of when I saw that spot as well. Also, a very... A couple very unique Nard spots, which I appreciate. Uh, Mr. Wang Yang gets caught straddling the ladder. Yeah. It's a new one. I like the I like the swing that the three count does on Wang Yang. Oh they just they do the old like you're you're using your buddy to to, to be a jump rope and then they just launch him up on top of the ladder. That ladder is just kind of propped in the corner there. Mm-hmm. And they follow it up yeah. with a double doomsday device. Yeah, not just a double doomsday device, but the the clothesline guy in that scenario, both of them went springboard on it, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. There was, there was several spots where there were some simultaneous synchronized action happening. So one of the dragons goes up for the record at this point. And he gets knocked off the ladder and takes a nasty spill. And then was probably the spot of the match for me. We get Jamie Sun climbing the ladder and then jumping out on the floor. Yeah. Big old spot. I'm surprised Huge I haven't spot. seen that more. That you would think that that'd be like an instant like what your daredevil goes for, you know? Because that's the highest spot yeah. you to be jumping from. It's a high spot, yeah. It's a dangerous spot though, too. All right. All right. So, I mean, like I said, man, a lot of action. You got a uh, good way to start the show, right? It, I think it would would have been a good way to start the show if the match itself wasn't 
so like hmm. the action wasn't questionable, but the rules were super questionable. And then like even when they got the record, the music played when they got the record. Yeah. So it was like one of those things where like okay, the, this that they won, and then it was like nope, they didn't win because now they got to get they got to get the contract too, and Tank got the record. And then they got it was it was fucking strange. And then they end up getting three count ends up getting the record contract. And then that that makes them the winner. But then Tank takes the contract and leaves. So it would the whole thing was was uh, it was a little mixed up. It was a little unorganized. But as far as like the action in the match itself, once it actually became a true, uh, you know, three on three you know, true, I don't know what you call it, three-on-three three ladder match. It was it was a fun watch. It's like they're including an element of hardcore to the cruiserweight division. You know I mean? Like that's kind of how it felt as far as an open. Super exciting. I don't mind the opener because I just think that if it, there was, if it was a little bit clearer, I think it would have been a little bit funner. Uh, but I don't, I don't mind what it was for the opener. This is... At least the third show in a row where there's been a finish and they hit the music at the wrong time. Yeah. Yep. So. And nobody knows what's going on, man. Nobody fucking knows. No. You missed the you missed the spot right before the finish. The la- uh, another questionable move by Tank Abbott. We knocks both guys. Yeah, we got. I think Shannon Moore climbing one ladder and you know Wang Yang climbing the other. Tank Abbott gets his ass in the ring, knocks over both ladders. <laughs> Silly, right? Silly. You, you might be right. He might be, uh, might be on the drugs. And then, yeah, he ends up with the with a couple of prizes and dances dances his way up the aisle. I guess we get a little bit of intrigue going forward with you know, Tank's got the prizes. That's not intriguing. Aren't you gonna tune in tomorrow, Tank- man? No, man. Tank Abbott went from a monster that was gonna fucking kill Al Green to this weird know. dancing. Nipple, nipple shirt guy that walks away with the the gold record and the co- the recording contract because he's mixed up with three count who you know he's blowing on a nightly basis. There's nothing. I'm not tuning in the following night going, oh shit! I wonder what he's going to do with that record contract. Is Tank going to come out with a number one hit single? Is he going to be the new Nick Lachey? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think that, man. I don't think we're getting Tank Lachey. <laughs> no, as much as I want to love him, uh, the music is not his. It's not his uh, thing. He loves three count. No, I appreciate. He does it. love three count. I, mean, I appreciate his enthusiasm for the team, but yeah, yeah, he's got he's got as much love for three count maybe as I have for Chicolo Jimmy Del Rey. This is true. It's close. It's close. I, I bet he's got a three count poster as well. Yeah, he probably does. Yeah. Well, we get sent back to Ernest Miller, who I think he's he's my favorite commissioner so far. He's actually putting some work in back there. Okay. So he's back there. The filthies are in there making some demands about wanting to referee the match later on and get the title shot. Ray says they'll guarantee that he'll beat the great Mutah later if they uh, they get their title shot. Mutah. Uh, Disco's looking pretty sharp, man. No, he's not. He looks like a bum. And then before he leaves, he goes, word to your mother. He sucks. 
sucks, man. You can't tell him to get I, the hell out of his office, which I got to laugh at. I could give you a pass on, on liking the Disco character when he was the actual Disco Inferno. But this is shit. This is absolutely shit. Don't like him, huh? Not a word to your mother. I'm... I'm... I'm not saying my loyalty's not being tested, right? Right, should be. But you know, you got to go down with the ship. All you're, right, man. You're a true fan, you know. If your team finished right three down and there. thirteen or three and fourteen these days. You're still it's still your team. Sure, this goes your team. So, next up, we got the cat taking on the great Muta. That kind of came out of nowhere. Cat Muta, the, the Muta showing up. Yeah. So the Muta is, just, is a legend who I think is still active. Uh he's he just had his his farewell match, which is insane because he was a legend in two thousand. Yeah, he's uh, world champion in many promotions around the world. He'd been feuding with the Stinger and Flair in like the late eighties, early nineties in the NWA slash WCW. So they brought him back. Yeah. They're thinking, you know, maybe if they team him with my guy Vamp. You know, that's what they need to get the company out of the toilet. Right. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see. So I like how the the Muta comes out with this spooky full body garb. That's a pretty common thing in Japan, and I like it. Yeah, I like it too. Um, So the cat comes down, and he looks pissed. Yeah. He does some dancing while coming down the entryway. He's wearing some leopard skin wrestling attire. He gets on the mic. And he says, you're the great Muta. I'm going to kick your great ass. And he hits him with the microphone. Yeah, you, you like that. It was kind of funny. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, it didn't, it, it didn't uh, incite any emotion for me, and I didn't laugh about it. Who's the good guy here? Because Miller's getting cheered the whole time. Nobody knows. This is, this is another common thing in WCW. You have confusion, and you have no clear face or heel. And you have a third of the arena full. Mm. Maybe they should have worked on creating like actual faces and heels and organized rules to wrestling matches. I don't know. Uh, Tigress came out, man. Did you catch uh, the fans? As soon as Tigress came out, they started chanting, we want puppies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jeez, settle down, everybody. You know what they want. Where were they at? Vancouver? Oh, yeah. Total slut town. <laughs> Big time. Yeah, she's looking good, man. The Muta, he misses a few moves, and then the, the cat uses some cables to choke him out. So we get a lot of quick maneuvers out of these guys. Got a real high-impact show thus far. We're just getting started. So Muta goes for the moonsault and misses. Miller gets the green mist in the face. Great move. Referee Mickey J is doing his best to wipe it off his face with his referee shirt. Right. And Tigress. Not just a pretty face and the set of desirable parts. She climbs to the top, puts a chair shot in. Not a good chair shot. No, but it was a chair shot. It was better than that that miserable Nards plow that the Nitro girl threw a few months ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was. But that only gets a two. We're talking the great Muta here. That's not gonna. That's not gonna do it. I don't put him down. Hey, Muta. 
I was surprised, though, here. You see Ernest the Cat Miller versus the Great Muta. Right. I did not see the Great the Ernest the Cat Miller winning this thing relatively clean. So I could see him winning it relatively clean. You just talked about Tigress jumping off the top rope with the chair shot. That didn't finish him that, off, though, right? No, it didn't finish him off, but that's that's dirty pool, man. And obviously, Ernest the Cat gets a spin kick to, to, to finish him off, to, to polish him off there. But uh, Not clean, no, but, I mean, I, we're not talking I, Undertaker getting the whole, you know, the whole backstage area coming after him. Right, it's just, right. It's but, a little, little woman, you know, with her little dainty chair shot. That <laughs> do it. Jesus, take it easy, Andy Kaufman. Uh, so... No, I, to me, I was, I was thinking, why not just let him have a match? But you know, we can't just have a match. So, I was, I wasn't happy about the match. I was, I wasn't necessarily disappointed. I've never been a giant Ernest the Cat fan. I wasn't. I was never anti. He's just kind of there to me. But having a match with Muta, I thought he would do something. But yeah, I wasn't too cat, impressed. Cat, with, cat wins. Yeah, I wasn't too impressed either way. Uh, Muta, I yeah. mean, cat's got this is kind of a showcase for the cat and his karate kicks. Oh yeah, his karate, karate. So next up, man, I gotta set this thing up here. <laughs> you want to talk about Buff looking for mommy? <laughs> Here's a fun fact, man. On Thunder, a few days before the event, Buff Bagwell teamed up with Mean Gene Oakland to take on Canyon and Mark Madden. You're kidding me. I think that's I think that's Gene's first match since he and the Hulkster took on uh, Fuji and Fuji's guy back in the... I don't remember who it was, 80s. but yeah, I, I, I remember watching the match. Um, wow. Gene in the ring again, huh? With the buffster. Even with the buffster, yeah. All right. So we get sent to the back, like you said. Buffy's looking for his mom. Said, Mommy, where are you? Yep. That's Mark Madden. <laughs> Taking it back a second here to Andy Kaufman. You were kind of getting after me a little bit there. Yeah. Our buddy Oklahoma, I think he probably studied Andy Kaufman. He probably did. I'm guessing yeah. that, that was it was kind of a uh, a J.R. Andy Kaufman goulash there. Studying because he's a man. We're going to study. I'm going to study a man because men are better than women. So when you sit down at your dinner table... You break out your study, your reading material. So you want to study the greats. Every one of those greats that you're studying are all going to be men. Because men are better than women. Oklahoma. Well, it's good to hear from Oklahoma. I don't agree with them, but uh, what we're setting up here is the infamous uh, Judy Bagwell on a forklift match. So it was advertised as a Judy Bagwell on a pole match, right? Right. And all I could think about was, of course, they didn't have a plan to actually figure out how to put Judy Bagwell on a pole. But then I was like, wait a second. <laughs> There's one way you could do it. Well, Canyon tries to explain this when he, he comes down there. So Canyon comes out. He's driving the forklift. Scott Hudson says one half a minute work driving the forklift, which is a good take. Hilarious. Yeah. That was a great poll. Hudson had a couple good takes in this one. 
Probably best uh, work of his life. Judy Bagwell's been tied to this forklift. It was supposed to be on a pole, but Canyon says he searched all of Canada for a pole that could hold Judy, and he couldn't find one. <laughs> That's why we have a forklift here. I, I bet some of those those horned dogs in Vancouver could lift her up on a pole. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you? No. <laughs> <laughs> buff daddy that's all right i did we didn't get to hear the buff daddy tune and i'm blowing the finish here but i was happy to hear it at the end of this one yeah there's not much in the match so you can't really blow the finish so can you says bro a couple times i'm guessing that's probably a tribute to Rusi. right uh this is the second match out of the first three that I'm unclear on how it works because usually on a pole matches are you have to retrieve you have to retrieve whatever's on the pole to win the match or you get to use whatever you retrieve. But it's Judy Bagwell on a forklift. So in my mind I was thinking, well if you get to if you get Judy off the forklift, then you get to use Judy. But that doesn't make sense either. It's just a straight match. With Judy Bagwell sitting on a forklift. That's all it is. So it's it's unnecessary to have her there uh, just at all. So Positively Canyon calls Judy Bags a battle axe. Catch yeah, that? awesome. Yeah, great fucking insult. You like that? Oh yeah, that's a throwback. That's that's old school shit. I was I was kind of off guard. I didn't know I didn't know what Positively Canyon was talking about there. Oh, fuck a battle axe. That's a, that's a pretty cold insult where you come from. Yeah, man, where I come from, you don't want to be calling you don't want to be calling hoes a battle axe. Mm. Just try it out, see how it goes. Yeah, try it out. So Slick Johnson's officiating this one. Canyon takes a huge back body drop as the buffster comes in. Pretty pissed. But happy that he knows where his mom is, right? He goes through right, the forklift yeah. early, early on. Just you know, it seems pretty simple. You just press the down button on the forklift. Right. Again, neither one of us are forklift drivers. I I don't want to get the forklift down though. Oh, you, you do. Just press a button, man. Oh shit! All I right. could have won the match. You could have. Well, not really though. Ah, you're right. We do get some good canyon offense, which is you can't always get some good canyon offense. You got the Alabama yeah. Slam, the Canyon Clutch, which is a Cobra Clutch. Is that the Million Dollar Dream? One and the same. Uh yeah, yeah. I'm just uh, trying to think here. Yep, same move. Yeah. Canyon, he goes for some wire cutters early on. Well, just expose that turnbuckle. Important. Another old school spot there. And he takes the exposed turnbuckle to the chest and the face. So Madden says that Judy wants to be Canyon's Kimberly. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, yeah. I've seen worse. <laughs> Danny hits the cutter and Bagwell kicks out at two. And nobody, so that when he hit that cutter, one thing that popped out in my mind while I was watching this, he hits that cutter, 
Nobody gives a shit about this match. Like, not one person is cheering, not one person is booing, there's not a chant going on, nothing. The entire, you know, all 800 people that paid in attendance, it's just flat. Nobody cares about this match. Nobody. And they do this a couple times this show. Yeah. We get DDP's music. So everybody loves DDP. He's been missing in action. Expect Mm -hmm. to see DDP. But no, you get former world champion David Arquette coming out there. (laughs) David Arquette gives Canyon a high five. Then Buffy Bagwell gets some shots in before getting hit with a hard hat, courtesy of the former world champion. Eventually, Buffy takes some both down with clothesline and then does a nice-looking double blockbuster for the victory. Like I said earlier, glad we got you here, Buff Daddy. Good tune. Yeah. One of these days when we have our We Just Made a List special episode. Yeah. We should do theme songs. All right. It's a good... Uh, Buff Daddy might might make my top five. Yeah, it probably would make your top five. Probably make Taylor's top five. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Buff lowers the forklift, gets to free his mother. They have a hug and a feel-good moment. And I'm wondering why Miss Bagwell's in the picture in the first place. Yeah, I, it's ridiculous. So Canyon and Arquette, they embrace in the ring, and then Canyon hits a, hits a cutter on him and leaves in disgust. Yeah, I don't know if that was supposed to turn him face or what that does for either either person. Uh, to me, it, I can't think of anything that it, it does. It doesn't enhance Canyon. It doesn't uh, enhance Arquette. It's just the fact he just gave him the cutter, and that was that. Shivani calls our, our main man Arquette a fallen warrior, which I thought was hmm. kind of ridiculous. Shivani's got a few... Off the, off the wall, quote. Shofani. Well, he gets sent to a limousine, surrounded by cops and secret service personnel. <laughs> and then I was very happy to see Lance Storm, you know, with his Canadian titles. Yeah, that was. So I, it was very funny to see those cops again. I still think it would have been better if they would have had medieval knights, but. If the he gets out of the limo, they make a giant deal about it, and he steps out, and he's got all the Canadian titles. That was that was not bad. That was not bad at all. As much as like a lot of this show sucks, yeah. Lance Storm, I really like what he was one of the few bright spots at this time. Yeah, Lance Storm, wherever he is, whenever he's wrestling, he's a bright spot. So we'll get to him a little bit later. He is—he currently holds three of the titles and actually just had a title shot against Booker T on the previous Monday's Nitro, so he could have been a, a quad champion. Should have went with it. Probably, yeah. Why not? It's better than, Why better not? than David Arquette. Right? God, you're just going to keep on going back to that David Arquette, aren't you? <laughs> well, Mark Madden is draped in a Canadian flag. We're told that Goldberg was injured in a motorcycle in Sturgis last night. Oh, no. So, 
it's uncertain whether we're going to see him or not in the triple threat later on. So I have a question for you. Shoot. Sturgis, that's South Dakota, yeah? Yeah. Vancouver, that is Western Canada, yeah? Yeah, it's a couple states over. It's like the most western region of Canada. Yeah, it's right above Washington over there. Yeah. He got injured in a motorcycle accident last night in Sturgis. You think his ass was driving a motorcycle from Sturgis to Vancouver? You don't have enough time. What month of the year is this taking place at? Because that's another factor, too. I forgot. What that is another big factor, yeah. I, st- I still think we're in oh, the... Oh, August uh, 13th, kind of so that's... that's that's motorcycling time. Yeah, it's motorcycling time, sure. But I'm just talking about the distance, man. Maybe he's a road warrior, man. I drove from up from Tennessee up to St. Paul in a day. It's doable. Just out of curiosity, I'm going to figure out what kind of distance we're looking at here between Sturgis it's, and... Well, it's not just that. You also have to get, get past, uh, you know, uh, customs, right? Border Patrol. Do they let you take a motorcycle over the border? I think they do. Do they? Yeah, why not? It's a vehicle. Uh, I would be more curious if they like let, let you take like a horse across the border. Oh, boy. You're right. This is not possible. I know. That's what I told you. What, what is the actual distance? 2,000 kilometers, which is, kilo- is, oh. is kilometers because we wind up in Canada and they use kilometers like the rest of the world. And right. can't, you just, so it, can't you just change it over to miles, though, so everybody knows what the fuck you're talking about? It's telling me kilometers. Well, it's 19 hours away. Okay. So he would have had to have left the night before and just not stopped. Yeah, yeah but still, it's not possible. He still has to stop for gas, right? He's still going to stop to, you know, pour some cement. You still got to get past the border. You're not doing it. It's not possible. No, I could see if it was if if it was next if it was closer, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. If it was in Winnipeg, sure. I thought it was right? closer than that. No, Vancouver's way the fuck over there, man. Okay, so a kilometer is point six two miles. So we're talking. Yeah, we're talking a couple, 12, 1,300 miles. And he's going to show up. He's going to ride his bike all the way there after riding 1,300 miles in, what, 20 hours? <laughs> and he's going to get he's gonna get off of his bike, and then he's going to wrestle a match? Yeah, right. That fucker would be so bow-legged that be in arts blouse would be on the cheap. You're right about that, man. By comparison... You know, every time I do the drive down south, you know, it feels like the longest drive, you know? Yeah. That was only about 900 miles. I'm saying only 900, but this one is 500 additional miles. I get you, man. You know how much I drive. I understand. You're not doing that drive in one night to get to the bay. No. On a motorcycle. No, my my maximum is about eight 900 miles, and that's pushing. Right. Right. Um so, you, th- th- who's lying to us here? 
You think that's coming from Goldberg? WCW, and just in general. I think it's so silly, too, because why couldn't they have just said he was injured in a motorcycle earlier today outside of Vancouver? That would have been simple, right? A little more believable, that's for sure. You don't leave anything to question like, hey, wait a second. That's a little far for a motorcycle ride. <laughs> it just doesn't make it doesn't make sense. I I hate that they do this, but yeah, that was that was my question for you. We got our answers. Moving right along, we got a four-way tag team championship match. We get some hip hop music playing, and the filthy animals come out to officiate this thing. We got we got all of them: Tigress, Kidman, Hoobie, Ray. They all got the referee stripes on. Ray's also got some devil horns, which he's doing at this time. It's pretty lame. It's horrible. Conan Jordan's That's right. Booth. He's got a few few zingers. Yeah, it's he's. I didn't want to watch this match to be honest with you. Part of me, part of me thought about just fast forwarding it because I knew how horseshit it, it, it potentially could be, and it was pretty much horseshit. But the one thing that I did take away, I like Mark Jindrak a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a Jindrak guy. What about O'Hare? O'Hare's all right. O'Hare's all right. But Jindrak's still doing his thing, right? He's still crushing down in Mexico. Do they have a name? The primetime players or something like that? Is that them? Did They, they might have ended up being that. I don't recall, I guess. But right now, they're just Jindrak and O'Hare. Kick-ass Jindrak and his buddy O'Hare. Buddy O'Hare's a name. So the Misfits and Action come out. They're being represented by General Hugh G. Rection and Cap- Corporal Cajun. Corporal Captain, not sure which one. They come out with Super Soakers. And Conan calls them terrible. He says they should soak themselves in talent. It made me chuckle just a little bit. We have Meat and Palumbo coming out next. They do have a name. They're the perfect event. Still weird hearing him come out to Mr. Perfect Steve. Do you do you prefer meat and uh pl- the the plumber or Jindrak and O'Hare? I've seen enough of meat and the plumber at this point. Right. I'll take Jindrak and O'Hare. My man. Now this match is something else. <laughs> Let's get right into it. This match sucks ass. So this is my guy, Disco's Time to Shine. I don't really know how I think about how I feel about it. So Connor comes out, they get a good pop, they're defending their titles. Disco gets on the mic, he calls the fans idiots and says that the guys in the ring probably want to kick his ass. But he reminds them he's an official, and the other members of the Filthies are special enforcers. And he's gonna have their asses wrestling grizz- grizzly bears. Because he's got it like that. Yeah, because he's got it like that. And they keep saying that. Conan says it a couple times on commentary. Mark Madden just goes with it for the rest of the night. Right. <laughs> and Conan's like, well, if you got it like that, we got it like that. It's like that when you got it like that. <laughs> Fuck you. What is he talking about? Fuck you. Up the ass. He used to kind of dress up like Conan. You know what he's talking about? <laughs> Hey, man, I was a cholo for life. And and I, I can assure you, I never had it like that. I never wanted it like that. 
I never got it like that, and I still don't get it like that. So for the... Again, I'm unclear of what we're doing here. Is this an elimination? Is this a one fall to the finish? They say it's a four corners tag team match. Which traditionally is elimination. We'll see. We'll see. I think it's one fall to the finish. But Conan says the guys in the ring should get a refund for the wrestling classes because they suck. Uh, the entire the entire match sucks. <laughs> I wrote that down. See? Right here. <laughs> in the notes. You can see. This sucks. Mm. So, Palumbo... He really takes a beating. Something good that the perfect event does is they, they do take a good beating. Yeah. Uh, Conan reminds us that they also don't got it like that. They don't have it like that. Um, so Palumbo, he totally misses a kick, and Conan asks, what was that? Because <laughs> <laughs> he missed it by a mile. Yeah. Um. So this this threw me off too because the team started tagging each other in, and you would never do yeah. that if it's a one fall to the finish, right? So we start getting some big time maneuvers here. Jindrak impressed me with his full front flip from the top. Jindrak's impressive. That's what I've been trying to tell and you. And he hit a big ass kick on Brian Clark. Before falling victim to the tilt tilt world suplex, and it's at this point where we get the first cover of the match. Disco's really taking his time on the three counts. Yeah, yeah, and he keeps doing this for the whole match. He's not favoring anybody. He's just being he's slow cone for everybody. He's not giving That's anybody the victory. Sense. Nobody. It would make That's sense if he was favoring somebody, but he's not. Nobody. Right. What's the point? Fucking Conan is talking about how, like, you know, they don't want to face Chronic. I get that. They're a couple of badasses. They don't want to face anybody? Well, right, because they've been feuding with MIA. So you, you, you don't want to let them get the victory. You don't want to face the perfect event because they'll put you down. And then you don't want to, you don't want to face Jindrak and O'Hare because Jindrak will kick you, you know. Couple provinces over. Conan offers some sort of an explanation citing Mexican strategy, and I'm not sure what that is. Nah, man, I spend a lot of time down there, and I'm not certain myself. Oh, oh Harry catches General Rection's package into a P-bomb. Wait a second. Who's applying the Mexican strategy? Conan says that the, the, the filthies are, so I'm assuming he's talking about disco. So I've spent enough time down there to know that Mexican strategy is to sweet-talk you into their stores so you will purchase their wares, right? Anything about making a slow count? But no slow counts, no. So I I got a question. Maybe he's been in the uh, the States too long at this point. Certainly possible. Maybe he knows something we don't know. That's probably more likely. Very likely. 
What do you what do you think about that big time P bomb that O'Hare lands? He gets Russians package right in his face. Hell yeah. He doesn't go for the pin though. That's probably a rookie mistake. Yes. Tigris hits a Bronco Buster on Rection and Mark Madden has a field day. He says, Do it to me, do it to me. And Huge Erection was smiling, which was kind of funny. And then Ray goes for the same move and gets a boot right to the nuts. That's a good spot. I always like that spot. The meat then takes a headbutt from Rection to the pills before making the tag Corporal Cajuns. So Rection's really getting his spots in here. Yeah. Uh, nothing about this match was like. Nothing about this match was super fun for me or like good or entertaining. There was a lot of spots in it where people were just seemingly standing around. Like it was a a four corners tag match should have been elimination style. And when it breaks down, there's at certain points you see people like standing around waiting for the spot to happen so they can get to where they need to be for their spot. And it just, it just kind of sucked, man. I got to say, Disco's calling this one down the middle, though. Slowly. Gindrak is called Gingerbread by Conan, which I enjoyed. The filthies get in there to prevent Chronic or the MIA from interfering when they were ganging up on the... ganging up on... who the hell was it? One of the guys there. I don't know, fucking... It's crickets most of the time. Yeah. And meat. Fucking meat, man. He knocks out Cajun, and there's some battling on the floor, and then the gingerbread man hits a, a, a little swanton bomb deals. Is that your guy? Who's the that? gingerbread man, Gingerack? Oh, yeah, that's my guy. Nobody likes Chucky. No. Uh, and... Chronic, they set up their high time finisher, and then the Dark Carnival come out. Yeah. So the Dark Carnival, this is the great Muta, which we Muta. saw. Vampiro and is it just them two or is the demon out there too? It was just them two. Yeah. They have an affiliation with the Insane Clown Posse as well, which is strange. Get more on that later. So, again, I don't think he wants anybody to win this match. Clark goes for the pump handle slam. He connects. Disco counts to two and then basically throws a fuck you at Chronic. Meat tries the sneak attack and Crush catches him. Throws him to the outside on top of the rest of the guys who are battling out there. And then we get a surprise spot from Lieutenant Loco, Chavo Guerrero Jr., which I welcomed because it, it, even though it was horrible and it made no sense, it meant the match is over. So he comes out, he knocks down the Disco Inferno and takes his shirt and Chronic make the cover for the victory. So it's a, tomorrow night we're going to have Chronic, presumably, taking on the Filthy Animals for the Tag Team Championship. Accurate. Fair amount of hullabaloo in this one. Not the worst match ever. Not? The worst match ever? Oh. You loved it? There's there's some, some worse shit yet to come, man. This was shit. This was horrible. I hated it. 
So your mainest man is headline. So at least you get two of your main men in the in the main events here. Two shows in a row. Yeah. They get Double J in the back. And he's being interviewed by Pam. That's her name? Yeah, Pam. So he wonders where that Jurassic slap-ass Oakland is and ask, asks if she wore him out last night. <laughs> Very funny stuff. So he's been looking for Booker T all day, and he wraps it up by saying, choke on that, Barbie. Which is not a bad line. I might try that out. Yeah, you can say choke on that, Barbie. Yeah. At one one point he said uh, that he was, it made, made him want to puke. I forget what made him want to puke, but I, I just I laughed really hard to myself because I, I that's in my head I went right to he's gonna puke he's he's gonna puke. <laughs> that's that's the only entertainment I found out of that spot. Double J's got some he can be entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. Next up, we got a strap match. Billy Kidman taking on Shane Douglas. Tori Wilson. Juggler being accompanied by Tori Wilson. She is gorgeous. <laughs> Sweet insight, bro. <laughs> that's that's the take of the day right there. Franny gets on the mic. Says Tori doesn't deserve a punk like Kidman, which didn't sound quite right. I think he meant to say something else. No, I understand what he's saying. Because Tori was with Kidman. Right. So she didn't deserve to have that anchor around her, essentially, uh, is what he's saying. Right. So she's better than that. She doesn't deserve to, you know, have to deal with him type of a thing. It is weird to put it that way because it opens up that question like, you know, you had. But, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's what he was going for. So the Douglas talking about sex tapes, about uh, Kidman pissing out the franchise. And he asks, how many times does he need to get franchised before he can handle Tory all night long? Bad yeah. Canada, and he has no problem taking some steel off of Kidman's ass. Off his ass. So this is a strap. This is a strap match, but it's not a traditional strap match. How so? Because you don't have to drag your opponent to the four corners. Oh right, they're just they're just strapped together. Right. right. So these guys recently faced off in the classic and uh, I don't know if I should call it classic. What's a bad version of classic? I uh, think you just call it bad. Infamous. I don't know if it's infamous. The Viagra on a pole match. Oh, yeah. Uh, this took place because uh, Mr. Mr. Dougler allegedly has, uh, I don't know how, how Kidman gets that inside take. Is this something that's on one of these sex tapes that he's been releasing? Oh, maybe. I don't remember him at all. So, have you seen the tapes, or is this a this a storyline? Uh, I haven't device? seen the tapes, man. Not saying I wouldn't watch them, but I, I haven't seen them. All right, here's the take. Let me know what you think of this take. All right. All right. So, as far as the Viagra on a pole match goes, my take. Need medication to play with Tory Wilson, you should be kicked out of the league. So here's the only flaw in your take, right? What if he's already franchised her a couple times today? <laughs> right? Okay. Another thing too, like he's getting older, 
right? We're getting older. It's, yeah, that's true. You can't really franchise, you know, three times a day. You can franchise once a day. Oh, yeah. Sure. You can franchise sometimes twice a day. <laughs> if you, you get enough room in between, you know, you can do a morning franchise and maybe a late afternoon franchise. You could probably even do a, you know, like an afternoon franchise than an evening franchise. Right. But, but I mean, you're pretty much guaranteed one franchise a day. So what if she's looking to be franchised, you know, a couple, three, four times a day? Oh, she's a young thing. You know, she is. Right. So that's what I'm saying. And I don't, I don't, I don't look down upon him for that. He's not, you know, he's not in his early twenties anymore. Right? He's not just franchising all day, every day, left and right. You get franchised. You get, come here. You want to get franchised? No. So I, I give a pass. So you think he just he, he carries it around for special occasions? Well, what I'm thinking is is that when he needs that Electron extra, three. you know, yeah, when he needs that extra that rebar, right? When he needs to get that, it's that that steel pole, right? That's that's when he's got to take it. If you're just looking for a regular franchising, he'll he'll take care of you. But sometimes you need that you need that rebar, right? You want that steel pole. Then he's got the he's got the blue. Man, society's come a ways, man. I mean, he's an object of ridicule here, right? Yeah. yeah. You tell me he's got nothing to be ashamed of. That's what I'm saying. Well, we get we get Mark Madden telling us he wouldn't mind being tied to a strap of Tory, and he also makes mention of the French not. He shouldn't have to be in this match because it says wrestling on the marquee, not leather strap match. Really stupid take, but he makes similar takes throughout the match about the marquee. It's not. We know he's not good. So Kidman dishes out some punishment early on. He's got a hard spot with the strap. Great spot. I like it. He whips the Jennies, man. Can you tell what these uh, what these Canadians are chanting? No. They got a chant going. I didn't pick up on that. I don't know if it's directed at Miss Wilson or Mr. French or... I'm not sure. There, there were several chants that I had a tough time making out. You think that they were like, you know, derogatory chants that they kind of maybe muffled a little bit? Could be. It's hard to say. I mean, the world was a different place at this time. It's true, man. So after Kidman dishes out some dishes out some punishment, he starts following Tori around with a sick look in his eyes. It's dangerous, man. He's there. You think he's looking to force a franchise? Fortunately, franchise follows him out there, but he pays the price. It's a punishment. So Kim is getting pretty creative with that strap. He forces the Dougler into the post. And then he just he just beats the beats the bejesus out of the Dougler. Dougler's taking a taking a whip in here. He is. He's he's you know, it's not going well for him. But I'm I'm still more of a of a Dougler guy. More of a franchise man than a than a kid man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, big time. The 
they work into a spot there. Tori's standing on the apron for a while. So it's just another example of, like, not completely, like, crafting things so people know where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be there. But she's up on the, the apron for a while. She ends up, like, rolling the cradle, right? She rolls the cradle over, which is a weird spot to use her in because you have the strap. I think it would have been better to use the strap in that scenario if she could have grabbed the strap, pulled it, and rolled them over. But, like, even still, like, that's just such a strange, like, you're going to get in the ring and then you're just going to push the cradle. It's a small fucking cradle. You don't need to do anything special with a fucking small cradle. I hear you. Well, she, you missed the shoe spot. She took out the shoe and... Yeah, I know the shoe was there. It just wasn't very impressive. No, it wasn't. They did say she turned heel, which was funny. That made me laugh. That is another theme of this show, which I, it's kind of disgusts me after a while. These guys keep throwing in these smart wrestling terms. That's not your job. Right. Okay, it's not your job to say he just took a bump or this was a great spot or she turned heel or well, this person's going over. They they do more and more of this shit as the show goes on. And for that, they can get off my lawn. I know this is the wrong show, but that really started pissing me off. So I, I, I just turned the volume down. Right? I got you. Yeah, yeah, just turn it down. Just put it on mute. Who gives a flying fuck? So I got to ask you, there's a sign in the crowd that says, I directed the Tori Wilson sex tape. Okay. Can you imagine? Yeah. I got a great imagination, though. All right. I probably could have imagined a little bit better when I was younger. Could have had a could have had more imaginations when I was <laughs> when I was a younger man. Uh, you know. <laughs> right, a higher rate of franchises. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, that that pitting maneuver business you're talking about. She gets in there and does the rolly business that doesn't make any difference at all. Right. And French, it's the Pittsburgh plunge. Gets a two count. And then Kidman gets, what do they call that thing? That's like uh, Christian finished him off, finished the guys with it, right? It, it looks like the unprettier. I don't know what, uh, I don't know what Billy Kidman's calling it. So he uses that thing. Right. He starts, wh- <laughs> he, he, I mean, he wins, but he starts whipping Tori's ace. <laughs> yeah, she starts getting some, some, uh, I'm spanking. Yeah, she gets some hard play. Yeah, and then they get to, they get to yeah, they get to that spot after the match where Franch gets up on the second rope, he gets the chair, and he's essentially like it looks like he's hanging Billy Kidman. And that spot I think I think would have looked great if it would have worked out. But he lifts him up and Kidman's feet are on the chair, and if, if Tori kicks the chair and Kidman drops, I think it looks awesome. Right, it's, there's no need for it, but I think that's the way they wanted it to look. Unfortunately, the chair just kind of flops out, and then Kidman's Kidman's kind of flopping around. Doesn't really ever seem like it's in too much danger. And Vito Vito comes out and makes the save for Billy, which again, no idea why Vito would save Billy. But then Reno comes out to attack Vito. This is this is not pay per view stuff, right? This is this is 
they're you're doing this shit to set up like their their Monday Night Nitro. Like you better tune into Nitro to see what happens next. That's not what you do with a pay per view, no. man. So it it that part of it, just throw it away. Just toss it out. You didn't you didn't get any joy seeing Vito. Oh, I love seeing Vito. That that the, the commentary is not based upon the fact of whether I would want to see Vito or not. No. It's just based upon the fact that this is not what you do at a at a pay per view. Right. Right. I got you. Yeah, recently Vito fell victim to Lance Storm, lost his hardcore championship. Poor guy. All right, moving on. It was at th- it was at this point that I couldn't believe that we were only a little over an hour into this show. Oh, we're There's too a little much over an hour. In, we're we're a little over into the hour of this show, so let's not fire it up. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Booker D's arrived in his car, and Double J creeps up on him, slams his leg in the door of the car. Mad says he hears something snap. So, there's that. Yeah. Double J looking there's for the that. early advantage. Next up, we got a, we got something else here. Major Guns taking on Miss Hancock in a mud take-off-the-clothes match. They called it a R-O-T-C match, which is a rip-off the camouflage. I just called it a boner match. Oh. My, Madden says, let's get wild and crazy and naked, Tony. Yeah. Let's let's get Mark Madden naked. So that's what all the all the gals are clamoring for. They're in Vancouver. All the Vancouver vages are like, can we get Mark naked? There's a mud pit up there by the entrance. I gotta believe they're gonna be rolling around in that thing in a matter of time. Major Guns comes out. She's wearing a bomb's waist shirt. Both wearing camouflage. And they start doing the rolling around bit. Stacy does a springboard. We get some... They actually do connect on several wrestling moves. Gotta give them that. So I was shocked. I was shocked at that because it was... I do want to say earlier in the match, or early in the match... They asked Mark Madden if she if he's pulling for Tory or pour, pulling for Miss Hancock, and he says so to speak. Which I'm gonna give him that because that was that was not bad. Uh, but then, like I, I was shocked because they're actually having a match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't expect them to have a match, and clearly, uh, Tory is definitely the more skilled in the ring. Now, who's who are you talking about? Oh, sorry, I said Tori. Hancock. Ah. Hancock is more skilled in the ring. Definitely, I mean, it's it's pretty clear, but I can tell you from some recent research, I'm, I'm going to put my money on major guns uh, to be more skilled in, in franchising. Well, that's not what we're talking about here, man. I know what we're talking about, but I did the research. Is it worth researching? Eh, you might as well take a look. All right. So I gotta make I made note of this. It sounds like Madden is jerking off in the booth. <laughs> Maybe he is. Doesn't it sound like that? This fucker's like moaning and it's it yeah. kind of made me uncomfortable watching it again. You're, you're uncomfortable, huh? I don't right. need to hear Mark Madden jerking. <laughs> so the, at a certain point, Guns hits a kick to. To Hancock's stomach, and then she's selling that for essentially the the rest of the match. Uh, they pull their you know clothes off here and clothes off there, and then they get to the they they work their way into the mud pit. 
And yeah, what do you got? But before that, Major Guns gets rammed into the, into the post. And I put, I'd like to ram my post. He wanted to. He wanted to make sure to get that point in. There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. All right, continue. They're going up in the, the mud. They're in the mud now. Yeah, and the way that she was selling her stomach injury, did did you figure out where they were going right away? Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was not. You have this. What could be just a stupid, silly boner appreciation match and then you turn it into something like dark there's no reason for that and I don't like I don't even like the I don't like where the story is heading I don't like the setup to it I don't like anything about it it's just a fun look at some some beautiful babes match right that's all it is and then they take this fucking dark twist on it because she's selling her stomach David Flair runs out. I mean, Keebler. Did Keebler get the win? Yeah, I, I think. I don't know. No, I, Guns I gets think the she win might. with the uh, what, what Madden calls the greatest greatest pinfall ever. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she does like a like she's she's doing her. She gets the uh, you know big time missionary pin, the franchise pin, and then uh, David Flair comes running out and takes a giant leap into the mud. Good spot. <laughs> and then. And then Guns is, like, showing concern for Hancock now, too. And everybody's worried about Hancock. And they're like, get the, oh, get the empty. They get a stretcher out and all that kind of shit. I'm like, man, why ruin, why ruin what could have been a very simple, very fun, very boner-tastic match and put this dark spin on it? I, I hated it. They're planning for the future, man. They got TV to produce. If they're playing, guess what? I don't think that David and Keebs need to plan for too much of a future after that. Here's another thing, too. So, like, and nobody's buying these pay-per-views, right? No. So, if I'm tuning in, I'm going to have no fucking idea what's going on anyways. I mean, not right. like we do when we're tuning into these, but I kind of laugh because of how ridiculous this is. So, we got this gal covered in mud getting loaded into an ambulance. Right, isn't that kind of yeah. absurd? Well, she hasn't made it to the she hasn't made it to the ambulance yet. Because first we got to talk to Pam and Vamp. Oh, right, right. Yeah, because I have notes about when she's getting loaded to the ambulance. Because I think that shit's fucking funny. Uh, they go to Pam and Vamp, uh, and they say Demon's got a test, and then he talks about the Juggalo army, which I didn't realize they had a full army. It, it's not worth it. Don't need to do it. And then they cut to Stacy on the, uh, what is it, the stretcher, yeah. and they're they're bringing her towards the, uh, the ambulance. The ambulance, right? And she doesn't realize that they're recording clearly because she's like halfway smiling and she's looking over and she says to somebody off camera, "She's fine," right? Or she says, "I'm okay," or whatever it is. She essentially says, "I'm good," off camera. And she's showing no emotion, no pain, nothing. And I'm guessing that one of the passerbys didn't know what was going on and was worried about her. And she just said, no, I'm good. I'm fine. And then they real, and then she realizes that they're recording. And then she's back in agony. <clears throat> I'm in pain. Oh, David. 
Oh, Davy, Davy, Davy. I don't think your seed is going to sprout. I mean, we'll see what happens, man. But clearly, that's what they're going for is like, uh, this will be a long form story that plays out. Yeah, I'm sure. How about this next match, right? Oh, man. This is, this is something else here. We got, we got the man called Sting taking on the demon. And Demon, he's really doing his best Gene Simmons. He's got the blood coming out, got the face paint, doing his fucking... He's got the pyro, got another jagged with spikes. He's he's putting it all out there, man. And then we get a blast from the past as the stinger repels from the rafters. And this one, it's ain't going to take long to get through this one, man. I say, they do all this bullshit like super entry stuff for a match that's less than a minute yeah yeah so the sti- I don't think I don't I don't think he passed his test well uh, let me give you a quick rundown of what happens here so Stinger attacks the demon throws him into the railings they get in the ring Sting nails a Stinger splash Scorpion death drop and that's it that's what they call a squash match yeah Oh, and Vampy and the great Mutah come out there. Vamp gets a Nards plow in, and they go to town on the stinger on the outside. Vamp brings the stinger to the rope that he came in on, and they wrap it around his neck. They're setting up something. Something. Re- they're they're going they're going real dark on this show. That's for sure. Yeah. And then he gets saved by Chronic. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Which, I mean, crush it. If you're crush, just you don't need the mic. You're a tough guy. You're having you know success for the first time in your life. Right? <laughs> right. But crush gets on the mic. He gets a good pop. People like Chronic. Yeah, they do. And he mentions Vancouver being down with the Chronic, and they 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 go nuts for him. But then he challenges the Paint Brothers for a shot at their tag titles. So I got a problem with that, because that's backwards. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You know, Carnival, Car- as the heels should have been saying, you know. We challenged you. want to, yeah, you got a big, you got a big dick there. You feel like swinging it? Why don't you swing your big dick at us for the titles? Instead, Chronic says, as the good guys, hey, we, uh, we got a big dick. We're going to swing it at you with our titles. So it doesn't really, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but we'll get a tag team title match, I suppose. We go in the back, Booker T's in rough shape after that assault from the chosen one earlier. And then we get a rocking tune that kind of sounds like the beautiful people by Marilyn Manson. And it's Mike awesome with the bitching theme. Yeah. So next up, we got the U S title on the line is Lance storm. Defends against Mike Awesome. And this match is... I, I got some enjoyment out of this one. We'll get right into it here. Mark Madden says he got his Canadian citizenship this morning. Uh, Maybe. He says that Lance Storm vouched for him down at the... Down at the... Uh, whatever, whatever it is down there. And so he's a Canadian citizen. So we're happy for him. 
So we go to the back where Lance Storm's being escorted by a gang of security, all Goldberg style. He's actually a triple champion right now. He's got the Canadian flag on all the belts. He gets a huge reaction from the Canadian crowd. And actually, here's a fun fact. Actually, a sad fact, but fun to know. So they were doing this show in Canada, right? Lance Storm, champion, hometown hero. He knew that he'd be able to push a lot of merch. So he lobbied for a bunch of, you know, his merch. And they only ended up bringing like 20 or 30 shirts. They only brought 20 or 30 of his shirts. This was a missed opportunity. No, they did, the, the, the deal was they didn't treat it like it was they were going to Canada and they were going to move a bunch of his shit. So it was another giant miss by WCW because that would have been an opportunity for Lance to make a lot of money and for the company to make a lot of money. Because if he's this you know Canadian hero and he's got all these belts... And people are pulling because I did see one Lance Storm shirt in the crowd, and it looked pretty bitching. Like I would have bought, I would have bought he's it. He's one of the lucky few, man. Yeah, so it, that was that is a big miss. Maybe it was more than twenty shirts, but it was like a very you know low it was, number. It was one of those things where they dropped the ball on it. Right. Yeah. Speaking of dropping the ball, it doesn't take long before they do that once again. So. Storm gets the microphone. He talks about Canada having the real wrestling fans. He badmouths the U.S. and his wrestlers and the wrestling fans. <laughs> Lance Storm, Mr. Serious, got me chuckling a little bit when he talks about being worried about a terrorist attack in the back. <laughs> That's why he's got all his security. Um, <laughs> and he invokes Rule 32B of the Canadian rule book. And names a special guest referee. You, the crowd got super pumped about that. You suppose, the crowd, like, you suppose they might have expected to see Bret Hart? They were chanting, we want Bret. So that's that was my second they dropped the ball here note. Right. Jacques Rougeau comes out. Good to see the Mountie, but he ain't Bret Hart. Right. Well, yeah. No, obviously. So not Big Pop. Kind of like... Earlier, when Arquette comes out, yeah, you know, just a false tease, whatever. We get the Canadian national anthem, and they play the whole thing. Yep. But while this all while all this bullshit is going on, I'm going to remind you that Mike Awesome did enter first, <laughs> and Mike Awesome is sitting on a folding chair at ringside when all of this bullshit happens. Right, Mike Awesome comes out. He sits down at a chair at ringside, waits for Landstorm and his security. Right, he comes out, waits for Landstorm to cut his promo, waits for Rougeau to come to come down, and then waits for the goddamn national anthem to play. The entire time, he is just sitting in a folding chair, waiting for all this bullshit to end. They played the whole anthem too. I was yeah. expecting maybe a redacted version. Yeah, you didn't get that. No, no. It was humorous to me because of how how you know how um, far they were letting that go, but just a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, I guess it's it is it is funny that Awesome was sitting there on the chair, just yeah. waiting for the uh, 
Waiting for the bullshit to wrap up. But the bullshit has just begun. This thing starts off. Awesome slips off the top rope, but everybody laughs at him. It was pretty funny to watch him slip off the top rope. I laughed as well. Yeah. Awesome's dominating early on. He goes for an awesome bomb. Storm reverses it into a backslide. The ref counts the two, and they ring the bell. Then the ref must have realized he fucked up and raises Awesome's hand. Well, I thought. see, I thought he got the three count. Did you? I think so. I think it was a miscommunication kind of thing, but... Could have been. Uh, so, a three count is called, I guess. And David Penzer gets on the microphone to announce the new champion, and Jacques Rougeau comes over and reminds Penzer that you have to beat someone with a five count according to the Canadian rulebook. Of course. Right. And these two battle a little more. Lance eventually gives up to a dragon sleeper. Jacques Rougeau goes over to Penzer, whips out the rulebook, and tells Penzer that you can't win the championship by submission in Canada. It has to be a pinball for that five count. Right. They battle some more. Tony says he only got a three count. It's pretty funny. That is pretty funny. It, it, like, it sounded weird when he said it, too. Like, oh, he only, he only got a three. And, like, just to hear he only got a three, it just struck, It just strikes you. You're like, whoa, whoa. oh, yeah, that's right. He's got to get to fucking five for some bullshit reason. <laughs> so I think Awesome does eventually get to five. And the bell rings again. So this is the third or fourth time that the bell is ringing. Jacques Rougeau approaches Dave Penser once again and says that according to Canadian rules, after a guy's been defeated by, with a five count, they have 10 seconds to answer the bell. Right, of course. And Storm gets up. He's knocked to the outside. Awesome throws the table into the ring. Got some juggalos out there in the front row. You better watch his back. You got Storm hitting Awesome with a chair shot. Only gets a four count. (laughs) 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 Storm puts Awesome on the table. Goes to the top. Awesome gets up and hits a nasty suplex through a table. Quiets the crowd. At this time, the Jacques Rougeau says, according to the Canadian rule book, which is apparently a living, breathing thing, the first man to their feet <laughs> answers the 10 count is the, is the Canadian champion now. Right. And it doesn't, like, if you pay attention to the book that he has, it just looks like a Canadian farmer's almanac, is what it looks like. It doesn't look like an official rule book by any stretch. There is a good spot where Rougeau, they're counting, they get up to about seven. Awesome's about to get to his feet. Rougeau gets in the ring and knocks him down, and they join Slick Johnson to finish completing the 10 count and award the victory to hometown hero Lance Storm. And then Bret Hart shows up. Right, of course. Then, then. This match, to me, doesn't. So, one thing I wrote down in my notes. I found my love. Oh, yeah? And my love is Lance Storm. Lance Storm. Lance Storm is so good, man. He is so good. Even, like, so I hated this match because of all of the ridiculous 
just bullshit. We've said it so many times, so many times uh, covering this year of WCW. So the match itself, hated, right? Hate the match. Oh, no, you get it's not a three count. Oh, no, it's not a five count. Oh, no, it's not a submission. Hated all that. But if you watch Lance Storm's work in the match, the guy is fucking flawless. The guy is a beaut, man. I don't know. I, I don't know if he's from Calgary. He might be from Montana because that motherfucker's a beaut. I know he, he and the, he and Chris Jericho broke in around the same time, and a couple of complete wrestlers there. But I agree. I mean, it was 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 it worth the wait, Lance Storm? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. worth waiting Absolutely. for. Oof, yeah. So Bret Hart gets a huge ovation. He doesn't look too thrilled with things. You kind of feel feel for Bret Hart. Yeah. So they have a three way Canadian hug. Crowd goes wild. Easy payday for the hitman, I suppose. And then I was very disappointed by this next segment because if you send your receipt in for this show, you get a vampire t shirt. <laughs> It's the fuck like, you think you would have given a Lance Storm t-shirt, right? Last time it was, uh, or like a replica belt with the Canadian flag on it, maybe? I don't know. That would have been nice. Last time it was, that you get, been nice. get to manage Goldberg previous time, that elusive Hulkster raft. We're yep. still looking yep. for. And now they give, it's a weird shirt, too. It's a very strange-looking shirt. I don't care for it. But you can get your vamp shirt by sending in your receipt here. Your your cable or satellite bill to, I think it's Ocala, Florida. You can get your your shirt. Mm. Oh, we go to the back again. Pam's got big sexy. And they talk about Goldberg's accident. Nash Nash says the real accident was pissing him off. He's in the business for money in the belt, and he's going over Steiner tonight. Cool. Next up, we got. Chronic really not making things easy for themselves. They beat three tag teams earlier. They're going to take on the Dark Carnival, Vamp and Great Muta. Or the tag so I know that I know that I like Muta, right? Mm-hmm. I know that I used to like Vamp, right? I know that Chronic is a somewhat entertaining tag team. I never got into this match. At no point was I like, oh, shit, there we go, now I'm in. I, I, It was just, to me, it, the entire match was super flat. And I don't know if it's because I've already seen Chronic once in the evening. I, I'm not I'm not entirely sure, but seen all these this match, already. right, this match did absolutely nothing for me. And I can wrap it up real quick if you'd like me to. Uh, sure, man, you got... Uh... I got all sorts of spots, but I know you're kind of anxious to get through this one. So they missed the ref. What are you talking about? And uh, what's that? What are you talking about? You got to give me a setup here. Muda. Muda missed the ref. The green mist. The green mist, uh, yeah. Mickey J, yep. Yep. And then there's a spot where they ask why they're not pinning Vamp after uh, the meltdown, right? Old Adam Bomb hits his meltdown on Vamp. They say, why is he not pinning him? Well, it's because, you know, he's not the legal fucking man. Mm. And then the Harris boys make their way out. Are you happy to see the Harris the boys? You know, in this instance, I was I was okay seeing the Harris boys. Uh, they came out, 
They get the H bomb. Then they set up. Uh, they set them up. Muda with a with a, the old salt and the carnies win. So we got three fourths of DOA getting it on here. Were you hoping that they'd revive it? I mean, you really need Brian. They could have they could have brought them all together and they could have been Doc. The disciples of Chronic. Sure. Disciples of crap. Or Chronic of Apocalypse. You know, it, Crush is better off what he's doing now, I think. Yeah, big time. So. You mean dead? Oh, we're talking present day. I took a dark turn. <laughs> you want to hear something Something just as dark? Yeah, I, I Sure, man. Why not? You think he deserves a moment of silence? Oh, jeez. You put me on a spot there. Fucking you. Jesus Christ, man. Told you. I've been shitting on, I've been shitting on Crush for three years. And now you're going to pop up, does he deserve a moment of silence on me? God damn. Fuck you. <laughs> I guess, man, yeah, I mean, probably, right? He's, he he made it to the, the big times. He performed at a, he performed with guys that performed at a high level. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, we gave Mickey J, uh, he passed away last year. We gave him a moment of silence last time. I mean, we could we right. could group them together if that would make you feel more comfortable. Ah, oh, man, I think we just we probably just give it to Crush. Right? Give it to Crush one time. This was his. Uh, this was his peak Crush here. It, this was as good as he was ever, uh, ever. Him and Chronic was as good as he had ever been. All right, well, Ugh. moment of silence for Crush, right now. Yeah, yeah. Moment of silence for Crush. So, Crush, I mentioned earlier, you keep the microphone away from that guy. I know we just gave him a moment of silence, but what a fool. He gets the mic... He challenges these guys to take them on for the title, and yet they end up losing the belts. Yep. He's got, yeah. So, wouldn't you? Be, wouldn't you be pissed off if you're a bomb? Oh yeah. If you're like you, son of a bitch, we didn't. We already had a match, and now we got you volunteer us to put the title on the line for the second time tonight. We lose them. I'd be giving that son of a bitch a meltdown. Mm. Actually, as I looked uh, ahead at some of our events yet to come, Chronic headlines a pay-per-view against Goldberg, so this this doesn't break up the team. I remember that, yeah. All right, I got to ask you one thing before we move on here. Vamp's got some new face paint. Your take. I'm not for it. I don't like his pants either. I don't know what the fuck he's wearing. I you know there's probably guys out there that like the the insane clown posse right, and then like being referred to as juggalos and stuff. It's just not for me, man. I don't get it. I I don't I don't really necessarily want to get it. It's all very strange. Uh, I just don't I don't care for it. 
So I think that's probably part of this whole juggalo thing. He's got new face paint and this weird fucking pants he's wearing. Just wear a regular pair of pants. You're in a wrestling match. Don't you wear wrestling tights? Muda's not out there wearing fucking weird-ass shit, right? He's wearing wrestling tights. Wrestling match. Look at Booker G, the world champion in the back. Tells us, don't hate the player, hate the game. So they're kind of doing... Maybe they gave up on Hoovy doing the rock, so now it's Booker T. Doing Triple H? Uh, the game, I suppose, right? Yeah. I mean, he's clearly going for a like catchy catchphrase. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He's wearing the nice uh the nice threads and what have you. But that's about all I got out of that. He's gonna be defending his title a little bit later against Double J and Thankfully, we're coming up to the second-last match of the night. They do a video package right after that promo by Mm -hmm. Booker T. And in the video package, Tony Schiavone says, if you only see one pay-per-view, make sure it's this Sunday. (laughs) And I'm watching this piece of shit. And could you imagine if you did only watch one (laughs) pay-per-view? And it was fucking New Blood Rising. You think you're ever ordering another pay-per-view in your life? Probably not, no. No, I'm just, you know, I'm watching this because it's included with my Peacock subscription, you know? Right, yeah. All right, well, the last thing that that is said on that video package is this is going to be a train wreck. And they are correct. Kevin Nash comes out. He looks a little uneasy. Scott Steiner comes out as the announced team talk about the bullshit in the back. But there's no freaks. He comes out freaks. He does. He does. We might see one later. So this is essentially supposed to be a triple threat match to determine who's going to take on the winner of the world title match at a later date. So we get the Goldberg theme. We get some booze and some <laughs> Goldberg chants. This is this might be the best part of the entire oh, yeah? match. They play the Goldberg theme. Sure do. And then they show a guy holding a sign that says Goldberg fears Gilbert. Oh yeah. And they the camera stays on that sign for a good like eight seconds, which is a hell of a long time to lock in on a sign that is burying your your guy Goldberg right to a competitor's mockery of your guy Goldberg yeah i was actually you know for not for good reasons but just just cuz that's what this is what we're talking about here i i've been looking forward to covering this match because there's some heavy duty bullshit in this match like next level bullshit. Big. Right. It's heavy. Hey. Duty. Brings out the duty. So it is kind of suggested that Goldberg is just playing hooky here, right? He doesn't want to lose. Okay. So right, right, right. Here's another fun fact. I'm gonna lay on you. I like when you I like when you give me fun Goldberg facts. Goldberg never lost clean in WCW. No fucking way. Fact. His entire run in WCW, he never he lost clean. He only lost a few times. 
Yeah. Huh. They really they really created yeah. a monster. So it was a, like his other defeats, I think, were in matches like this where that were just complete shit shows. So right. we essentially get a singles match for a while with Mr. 69er recliner Scott Steiner. Nothing's finer. Taking on big sex Kevin Nash. That's all right. Let these guys have a match. Yeah. Just let them have just them two. But no. Goldberg shows up and he's he's got he's got his he's he's wrapped up. Looking like he might have had some hardship here on the I'm still not buying he was in service yesterday. No, absolutely not. Do you think it was funny that he came he showed up running down the entryway carrying a chair? To hit Nash after having this, you know, motorcycle accident that, you know, he was really in trouble with yesterday. But he's okay to run down the ramp and hit Nash with a chair. And after he does it, the fucking fans chant, we want Hogan. I thought that's what they were saying. Yeah. Good job by that, man. That made me laugh. The Hulkster we saw last month. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I imagine... The, the few remaining fans that were following this shit were expecting, like, an imminent return of the Hulkster, right? Clean yeah, up the, I see that. Clean up the bullshit there in the back. Well, Goldberg comes down, and he, he gets a fair amount of offense in. And, I mean... Well, between here and the spot that I want to get your take on, you got any takes? Yeah, so I did think it was hilarious that so Goldberg comes down and he's doing the shit, right? And then he's in the ring and then Nash kind of rises from the from the dead there, gets in, and he steps over the top rope like he's done countless times. What is going on with those fucking ropes in WCW? Mike Awesome sliding off the top rope almost twice, and now Big Sex can't step over the top rope without almost falling on his big sexy ass? What the fuck? It's a weird show, man. <laughs> it is a weird show. This is, uh, this is one of the worst shows ever. Um, yeah, but they, they I, I'm guessing you want to talk about they battle to Nash setting up Goldberg for yeah, the jackknife. yeah. Yeah. So they're battling. Uh, Nashy gets uh, gets Bill into a, in a into a Goldberg position, and Bill walks out of it, goes up the ramp, and uh, Rusey makes his appearance. I forgot that he showed up. Yeah, Rusey comes out with a fucking. You see what he was wearing? He's wearing a t-shirt with no sleeves and jeans. That is not a way. For your fucking head of creative dress. So, essentially, he doesn't go through with the move. And the the announced team proceeds to just blow the whole lid off of what we're watching here. So, I'm curious about your take because this is, like, biblically bad stuff. Right. Right. So... Nash has got himself up for the jackknife. Goldberg pushes out of it, goes to walk away. Rusey comes out, says to get his ass back in the ring. Goldberg very audibly says, fuck you, and walks away. 
the announcers say, well, he wasn't going to do that. He wasn't going to do take the move and make it. He wasn't do anything to make him look bad or anything like that. So they're essentially they're telling you it's more curtain peeled back. But the question that I have is, are they peeling back the curtain to work the behind the scenes shit into some bullshit in front of the curtain storyline? Because that's not how that's not how this works, man. That's not how <laughs> wrestling works, right? That's not that's not how it no. works at all. You believe you believe what's in front of you. You buy into what's in front of you, not what you're being told of about what's going on behind the curtain. So even if you're trying to work what's behind the curtain into a storyline in front of the curtain, it, it's not how that's that's not how any of this is supposed to work. It, it never have and and it never will work like that. And if you're in the audience in the arena, right? If you're one of the you know. 800 people that showed up to this son of a bitch. It just looks like Goldberg's walking away. That's all. He's just walking away. So it's, it's bad on every end, every angle. I think that doing this type of stuff is not good. Forget about good for a competitor in the match, right? Forget about good for the company. It's bad for wrestling. Right, just wrestling to do this shit, and I, I, I know on the preview episode I said I felt bad for Rusey. It's gone. I don't feel bad Rusey for him anymore. Might have disappeared for good back in the back in the days when kayfabe was protected. If he proposed something like this, if this was 1978, Harley Race would have killed the motherfucker. Right. Right. You know, if it if it was if we're we're, if we're talking seventy five, Dick Murdoch probably would have have him hanging in this barn. So it's give it to Rusey. He continues to give us bullshit that we've never seen before and didn't need to see because um, it sucks. Sucks very bad. But essentially, what Accurate. we're doing here, like like you said, if you have a, we we've seen it with you know folks having a problem with Rusey, you know. And it's the Mr. McMahon thing. You can obviously work the backstage shit into the shit in front of the screen. But what happens here is they essentially tell us that this was a this is a scripted event and he's going off the script. Yep. Um yep. which he's not. He is going by the script. Right. And it's a shit script. <laughs> it sucks. It's bad. Oh, so, no! You'll and, get you'll get no I'm, argument uh, from me. I mean, uh, this is, this must have been what they were told to do. Like I mentioned, they were using these smart wrestling terms throughout the show. Um, and I just hated the announce team. Just kind of giving up on the idea that this is an actual competition. Like, what are they going to do now? They're going to you know improvise here because Goldberg fucked up the plan like they're right. saying this shit and then they they give props yep. to steiner for taking the jackknife later on what are you doing <laughs> yeah yeah no it's 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 super bad man because again and i think i've said it before at its core wrestling is a competitive contest right it is a it is a sport. It's At the its world's core, oldest sport, man. It's a, right. 
so now they're essentially, they're just saying, here's our script. Here's what we're going to do. Here's why we're not doing it. It's no longer a sport. It's not, but like, if it's, if you can't get into believing that a guy is trying to win or lose, why the fuck are you watching it? Right? If you can't believe that there should be some type of competition and an actual winner and an actual loser, there's no fucking reason to watch. Right. Especially if they're saying, well, our script was this. We scripted this guy, and now this is happening. There's no fucking reason to watch. No wonder why nobody's watching it. They've given you a reason not to fucking watch it. It's so it. bad. There's been there's been more bullshit than I care to remember this season, but this might be at the top of the list. I was kind of offended as a wrestling fan <laughs> watching this. That's like the first time that that's happened, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I've never been watching a show and, like, hated on Tony Schiavone, right? Like, Tony, you don't got to – kind of like what you were saying yeah. about Jarrett uh, at the last show. Like, he didn't have to do that, you know? It could have at least had a little match right. or something. But, um, right. yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're – yeah, basically just uh, – they're battling. There's a couple of good Nard shots when the freak emerges. Yeah, the freak comes out and gets a good plow in, and then Nash gets a good plow on so, Steiner, <laughs> and the freak freak gets an elbow, an elbow. So you asked why we're watching it, and there you just kind of personally answered the question. There was a few good spots there, you know. Um, yeah, and Kevin Nash gets the victory because uh, I guess Scotty Steiner is a good employee. Yeah, <laughs> shit. <laughs> yep, man, that's why. So bad. So bad. Very bad. And I didn't want to watch the rest of this show, but had to. After that, you kind of just want to turn it off and watch something good. Yeah, I kind of wanted to turn it off when I saw Tank Abbott well, in yeah. the shirt, but. They gave me plenty of reasons in this show. Accurate. All right, it's finally made event time. Booker T defending his title against the chosen one, Double J Jeff Jarrett. Cha 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 chosen one. So we got a couple of good guys here in this, uh, you know, shit stain of a show. They gave us some some good wrestling, but at this point, we know that it's all an act, and they're they're just working off a script. Right. Why, so why, why does it matter? This? Right. If right. you, okay, if you're going to do this bullshit, don't have another match after it. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, 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 no. That Nash and Goldberg <laughs> stuff, that was scripted. <laughs> this this. Booker T, Booker T fighting to retain his title against the chosen one, Jeff Jarrett, a multi-champion and a true competitor in the sport of professional wrestling. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> oh boy! So we got a little little video package, just kind of your typical. You know, these guys have been going back and forth. Booker T is a good feel good uh, story from these dying days. One of the few bright spots. Yeah. You've been loving on Booker T for a while. 
Yeah, I, I like Booker T. So yeah, Michael Buffer, what a waste of money here. He's uh checked out his white suit and he announces our are they competitors? Can we call them competitors? I don't know what to call them at this point. Participants? I, I don't know. Yeah, participants. Let's go. The two participants in this uh, staged. Um, <laughs> what do you? What do you? Scene. It's a scene. Ath- right? Athletic. It's, it's, it's an athletic scene. <laughs> This, this charade. <laughs> so we got Double J out first. He's got that. He's got that. Of course, he's got the guitar. He's been throwing and busting out guitars like they're cheap. And we got Booker T, the champion. I think this is still his first reign, but it could be his fifth already. I don't know. Depends on if they right. went to script or not. So he dominates Double J in the early going in this thing. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I had a tough time enjoying this after the fact of that last deal. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's the match itself is pretty easy to go through. I mean, Booker T does do a pretty sweet. I I love that oh, yeah, post nut shot. On his stomach and then he, 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 yeah. yeah, he double uh, he double ups on it, which is kind of cool. Uh, Jarrett, did you notice that he was attacking the left knee? He was attacking the right knee, and then he was attacking the left knee. So, and then he went back to attacking the right knee. So, I thought it was kind of funny. He didn't know which which knee was supposed oh, to be the yeah. injured knee, if it really is injured. God, he just had to remind me. And then you have so, and then Booker T hits the axe kick and the spinner Rooney. But if you're selling the knee, you shouldn't be doing the axe kick or the spinner right. Rooney, right? If your knees your knee is bum. Uh, he gets the guitar, he goes for the axe kick, and fucking Double Jade hits him with the guitar the and the axe kick. vanishes, basically. Right. He gets a figure four, work to a spot where he uh, he belts the ref. That's not bad. It's a booking through the table. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, chair to the ref. Stroke on the chair. Yeah, pretty wild pinning combo, Booker T, that I think you overlooked. Well, Booker T is a hell of a participant. <laughs> so, Double J, his co-star, throws him into the corner. <laughs> and he performs an acrobatic maneuver where he does like a... a move common in gymnastics, I suppose. He does a flippy guy thing and ends up Rolling his toll star up into a, a maneuver. Is maneuver right. okay maneuver. to use? I don't know. It was it was nice. I liked it. I made note of it because I hadn't seen it before. Good job, Booker T. You had me believing there again for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. He's, he's, uh... So he pulls up, he has that, that, that period of, uh, you know, maybe 30 seconds where he's back on his feet and he's got his full power of his legs. And he's back All down. Power, yeah. You probably covered this already, but figure four, right? Stroke job. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how do we finish this guy? Take us home, please. <laughs> no problem. 
uh, goes for a booking, no booking, uh, and then he goes for the booking again and gets the bookend and then it's over. He finishes it with the bookend. Also known as the rock bottom. The, ro- the rock bottom, yeah. So uh, this one's tough. On the scale of bad, because we've seen so much bad, I think it's right in there at the bottom of the dumpster with a lot of the other shit that we've watched. There wasn't a match that I really... Uh, there wasn't a match on this entire show that I really enjoyed. There wasn't There wasn't one match that went off clean. Oh, really? Like, not one. Right. So, uh, I, I suppose you, uh, the squash match, you could say that went off clean, but then there was all the theatrics, right. you know, after it. Uh, and then I, you could, I guess, say that the opener, the ladder match, was kind of clean, but not... I mean, we, Tank pushed the guys off the... I wouldn't say that either. Yeah, the entire the entire card, nothing Goldberg was really called, I mean, not clean. Goldberg. Uh, oh, Goldberg. Um, Disco he called his match pretty pretty evenly, but he didn't call the match. Like Loco barely put on the ref shirt and counted the three. There, that's not yeah. clean. Nothing, nothing, nothing here. Like the uh, this card is as bad as we've ever watched. <laughs> you don't seem as angry at this show as you have been. Mm-hmm. I know. I don't know why either. Because it was bad. It the whole thing was bad. But I think that I'm becoming numb to the bad, right? Where it's just at this point, it's what we expect to be watching in this run of WCW. Give me a fucking. Can I get a fucking clean finish? Can I get one clean finish without bullshit before, during, or after a match? Please. That's that's all. Just give me fucking one on a card, and it'd probably be my favorite match on the goddamn card. With that being said, this whole thing is trash. But I did love watching Lance Storm perform. He was the real bright spot. Uh, the I, lo- I love Double J. I love Booker T. Right, them working together is just fine. But it's too too much too much horse shit in the match. The don't I mean the Lance Storm match? Don't get me that was fucking mountains of bullshit. But watching him perform, the guy is flawless. I could watch him perform even in a bullshit match like that and still enjoy watching him work. Overall, though, man, I would, if if I was WCW, I would have never let this see the light of day. The last two events, probably. I thought the Great American Bash was a low point. I remember you, you mentioning that the Bash of the yeah. Beach was a slight step in the right direction. Maybe not. No, that uh, you couldn't have said yeah. something like that. Maybe a little better, but this, yeah, these are, it's been a trilogy of bad stuff, but I think we are kind of getting desensitized to this stuff because first time I watched it, I was, I was pissed, never wanted to watch it again. And then I kind of like reviewed it, you know, and I was finding some enjoyment. So maybe just like my standard is really low. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, which is which is great because once we get we get out of this this WCW season, we'll we'll never have to go back to it again. All right, what do we got next? Fuck it. So this is very happy for me because next is Fall Brawl, which means we're fucking getting there, yeah. man. All right, <laughs> we're, we're getting there. Fall Fall Brawls in September, which means we're not. We can finally see, right? We can finally see uh, what would if we were on a ship. 
we would say land we don't wrap up till the springtime, so we still got a fair amount of bullshit to wade through. Would you let me fucking have okay, this fine. for a moment, right? We're September, man. September. This is good. This All is right. a good thing. We have Fall Brawl. And I have the matches in front of me. And this is actually... I am I'm cautiously optimistic no about way. this card. Yeah, ca- right. Yes. Yes, I am. The show opens with Elix Skipper, who is a phenomenal talent. And he's going up against Kwee-Wee for the WCW singles champ. <laughs> the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Sorry, I was I was fucking I was really pumped because Elix Skipper is great and then I saw he was going against Kwee-Wee. Uh and then we got the MIA against the three count in a six man right. tag. Harris Brothers against Chronic in a first blood chain match. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, we got Lance Storm going up against uh, General Rection for the United States Heavyweight Championship. We got, we got, this is a big one. Ready? The Filthy Animals. Uh, the Natural Born Thrillers. Is that the Jindrak O'Hare? Jindrak, O'Hare, Mike Sanders, Chuck Palumbo, and Sean Stacey. Oh, combined forces. Reno and Johnny the Bull. All right. This is an elimination match. They gave them, it looks like they're giving them over 16 minutes for that, so that'll be an All interesting right. one to, to watch. Then we get Shane Douglas and Tori Wilson against Billy Kidman and Medusa in a scaffold match. Intrigued? No, not good. Not good. Well, I'm intrigued to see if Medusa's knocks got bigger again, because it seems like every time she takes a break, she comes back and hands. It's true. You got Sting against the Muta. Okay. I'd be good. Sting against the, the Muta and Vampiro, actually. Oh, three brothers in paint. We got Mike Awesome against Jeff Jarrett in a bunkhouse brawl. All right. Could be good. Scott Scotty Steiner versus Goldberg. All right. And then Booker T versus Kevin Nash in what they call a caged heat match. What do you suppose that is? Are they in a cage? I don't know. I don't know. Heat, yeah. Is caged that- heat. I have no idea. It sucks. It's fall brawl. They got two it's supposed to be war there. games. Uh, I know that they don't because uh, I've I've paged through fall brawl quite a few times, and when you're on the peacock, mm-hmm. it gives you like the little preview, and the, it's just one ring. It's pretty lame. Yeah, I mean, from what I could tell, I could be wrong, but right. I'm pretty positive it's just one ring. So that sucks, Nards. This sucks, Nards. WCW sucks. All right. Well, we'll see you next time on Duke Bags. Kevin
very impressive. 